Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, January 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Corporate America pulls back on political funding to lawmakers they say contributed to last week's attack on the U.S. Capitol. And new information on the massive cyber attack that hit numerous government agencies and companies. Plus, what's behind Turkey's aggressive moves on the global stage, and what are the consequences? We'll take a look. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives are moving ahead with efforts to force Donald Trump from office. On Monday, they introduced an article of impeachment. They're also urging Vice President Mike Pence to use the 25th Amendment to strip Trump of his powers. If the House does pass this resolution, but Pence does not respond within 24 hours, the House could vote on impeachment as soon as Wednesday. Meanwhile, tech stocks ended Monday lower after several companies restricted or banned Trump and the far-right-friendly social media app Parler. The Nasdaq was down more than 1% on Monday, with Apple and Amazon down more than 2%. Facebook and Twitter were down 4 and 6%, respectively. Investors are positioning themselves for the possibility the companies could face retaliation or even new regulation from lawmakers in the future. Other big blue-chip companies are also taking a stand. Microsoft, AT&T, JPMorgan Chase, and even the greeting card company Hallmark have suspended or are considering suspending donations to politicians who oppose the presidential election results. I'm joined by the FT's U.S. business editor, Andrew Edgecliff-Johnson, to talk about this. Hey, Edge. Hi, Mark. Thanks for having me on. So, Edge, what are the different responses you're seeing? Yeah, and this is important, actually. We've had a lot of companies saying very vague things that they're reviewing their their policy around political donations, which doesn't actually commit to any change at all. Others, uh, like some of the banks, are saying we're going to suspend uh, funding to both parties, Republicans and Democrats, um, for three months, six months, or some different period. The most interesting group, the group that are saying we are cutting our contributions specifically to the Republicans in the House and Senate who voted not to certify the election of Joe Biden last week. There is widespread anger in the business community at what they see as as a challenge to the democratic stability on which business depends. Some companies are taking that anger out on those individual elected officials in the form of their political contributions. Yeah, I can't help but bring up that they are pulling political funding at a time when all the big elections are over. Is this gesture from companies largely performative? And do you think that they'll keep it up when a big election cycle does come around? You're right. I mean, this is not the period in the election cycle when people are out raising very much money. They're all tapped out from the 2020 elections, the Georgia Senate runoffs. They've all spent a a fortune in the last year or so. And this is where they normally take a breather. And several of the companies we've spoken to have said privately, yeah, this isn't the time when we're normally writing big checks, so it's not a big deal. We could catch up and donate more later in the cycle. I do think, though, that the symbolism is still important. It sends a message to Republicans who've been on the more edgy side of the party, the less uh, institutional side of the party, that corporate America, which is hugely important for their bank balances, is not going to tolerate that kind of behavior if they see it as threatening economic stability. So I do think that's an important message it's sending. But we're not really going to know until we get closer to the midterm elections in November 2022 
how much lasting pain corporate America is going to inflict on the Republican rebels. Andrew Edgecliff Johnson is the FT's US business editor. Thank you, Edge. Thank you, Mark. Now an update on the massive cyber attack on U.S. government agencies and corporations via the Texas software company SolarWinds. Last month, hackers were found to have inserted malicious code into SolarWinds software updates, compromising 18,000 SolarWinds customers, including the U.S. Treasury, the U.S. Department of Energy, the U.S. State Department, and the U.S. Department of Justice. U.S. security officials have pointed to Russia, and on Monday, investigators at the Moscow-based cybersecurity group Kaspersky published evidence linking the code to spying tools developed by a Russian hacking group known as Turla. I asked the FT security and defense editor, Helen Warrell, to tell me more. Turla is a hacking group also known as Snake or Euroboss. And according to the Estonian intelligence agencies, they are potentially linked to the FSB, which is Russia's domestic intelligence agency. What we know from Turler's past practice is that they have done a lot of attacks over decades on kind of European government, European embassies, European militaries. And even though their primary aim seems to be espionage and finding out intelligence, they also do use malware to go on and actually perpetrate destructive cyber attacks against their adversaries as well. So it's not just about spying, it's also potentially about damaging or attacking in a a slightly different way. Now, it's important to note that while the code that Kaspersky found is similar to Turla's, it doesn't necessarily link Turla to the SolarWinds hack. How could that be the case? There are three main reasons why this could be the case. First of all, It could just be that these hackers are inspired by Turler. The other alternative, which is probably a bit more likely, is that the hackers behind SolarWinds might have worked for Turler at some point, but importantly, are no longer hacking on behalf of Turler. There's a third option as well, which is really interesting, which is that this may be a false flag attack. And this is something that happens quite often, actually, in cyber campaigns where hackers intentionally use the tools or the characteristics of another hacking group in order to throw investigators off the scent and essentially shift the blame. Helen Worrell is the FT's security and defense editor. Thank you, Helen. Thank you very much. Now to Turkey, where the guiding principle of foreign policy used to be zero problems with neighbors. Now, analysts joke it's zero neighbors without problems. In the past five years, Turkey's foreign policy has become more muscular, with military interventions expanding from neighboring Syria and Iraq to Libya and Nagorno-Karabakh in the Caucasus. The FT's Laura Patel has been writing about this and joined me to talk about it. Most analysts think that the real turning point was in 2016. That's the year that we saw a violent coup attempt in Turkey that tried to overthrow President Erdogan by force. It failed, but it led to all sorts of recalibrations in his thinking and his policies. It left him feeling even more suspicious of the West than he already did, as he suspected that the US in particular had some kind of hand in the coup, even though that's something they've always denied. It forced him to make new political alliances and team up with some ultranationalists who pursue some very hawkish foreign policy 
um, objectives. Um, and it also enabled him to take unprecedented control of the Turkish state. And foreign policy is now more centralized than ever, with Erdogan calling the shots. So, Laura, what are some of the successes of these military interventions we're talking about here? Well, I would argue that Turkey has succeeded in making itself a much more important power. I think the Turkish military has often surprised people. I remember analysts telling me that that Turkey's interventions in Syria would fail, but that hasn't happened. And a lot of these policies are very popular. Erdogan is successful in using them to stir up nationalist sentiment at home. Some analysts see that as a tool to distract from the problems he's experiencing politically, especially economic problems. But there's little doubt that he has public backing for a lot of his approaches, taking tough stances towards Europe, tough stance on Cyprus, tough stance against Kurdish militants in Syria. But there have been costs to Turkey's interventions, right? What's the price been? All of this has come at the cost of Turkey's international relationships, and Turkey is increasingly isolated. It's seen as a problem country by the U.S., by the EU, also by an alliance of Gulf countries that's led by Saudi Arabia and the UAE. Even Turkey's relationship with newer allies like Russia is quite complex. You know, Turkey and Russia are on opposite sides of conflicts in Syria, in Libya, most recently in Nagorno-Karabakh. So Turkey is often plowing a difficult and quite lonely path. And what about the economic cost, Laura? Some of the consequences are very tangible. Uh, The US has for a long time threatened Turkey with sanctions for its purchase of a Russian air defense system, which NATO officials are very unhappy about. Those sanctions finally came last month. And actually, quite a lot of foreign investors I spoke with were relieved about it. They were pleased that the sanctions were relatively mild in their eyes and that the issue was over with. But the, the threat of sanctions definitely weighed on foreign investor sentiment and um, deterred investment from Turkish assets for quite some time prior to that. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.